Dr. Tim Jordan here. Thanks so much for stopping by this podcast, which is called Raising Daughters. And every week or most weeks, I come out with a podcast about trying to help you understand girls in a, in a different way and also about how you best support girls as parents. And the topic I'm going to talk about today, I think you will resonate with. As a lot of you know who have listened to these podcasts for a long time, I work with girls in a number of different ways. I'm a, a developmental behavioral pediatrician, so I counsel girls in an office practice a couple days a week. I work with girls in our school program. It's called Strong Girls, Strong World. So I'll sit in circles with girls uh, in their classrooms to help them create a more caring community. I've been running weekend retreats for girls for 32 years, and this summer coming up is our 31st year of summer camp. And so I have listened to girls. I have worked with girls. And one of the things I have found is common with girls is how they give their power away. I've worked with girls, by the way, all over this country in the U.S. I've also worked with girls with girls several times in Europe. And I think these issues are universal. I published a book about a year or so ago called She Leads, A Practical Guide for Raising Girls Who Advocate, Influence, and Lead. And a lot of the moms who read the book told me that one of their biggest takeaways was, was their increased awareness about how they also have been giving their power away all these years. They really connected with the stories in the book. This is not a new phenomenon. It's been around for a long time. And as much as I see young girls in grade school, middle school, high school, and college giving their power away, I think their moms oftentimes do the same. And I know that because I've given so many talks, and I've asked the moms in the audience, how many of you do these things? And almost always, almost all the hands are raised. So let's talk about some of the different ways that girls do give their power away. I remember a couple years ago, I saw a mom and her daughter, and the mom related a story about how when she was at, uh, she had a parent-teacher conference with uh, her daughter's teacher when she was in third grade, and this little girl went to the conference and was sitting in the back of the classroom, and she overheard the teacher tell her mom that she was being too bossy, and that if she didn't change her ways, she was going to end up with no friends. This little third grade girl took that to heart. It really hurt her feelings. And she said, I remember distinctly just sort of shutting down from that point on. I didn't ask for what I wanted. I tried to keep my voice down. I didn't put myself out there. I was so afraid of bothering people or annoying people or, or being too bossy with people. And now I'm seeing her in high school and she's depressed. I'm going to give you an example of of some ways that girls give their power away. But actually, first, I want to talk a little bit about why I think girls give their power away. And one of the biggest things that happens for girls is even in this day and age, girls are still expected to be, quote-unquote, good girls. In my weekend retreat uh, about a month ago with middle school girls, I had them make a list of the qualities of a good girl. I did the same thing with a group of sixth-grade girls in a classroom about two months ago, and the list is almost always the same. And some of the things that the girls usually write about what a good girl is, and a good girl is, is the kind of girl that all your parents and all the teachers want you to be. And some words that they say are things like being perfect, not too loud, not too out there, to be really polite, almost polite to a fault, to be selfless, but others' needs before theirs, to be a pleaser, to be obedient and follow the rules, don't stand out, don't make waves, wait your turn. 
They should have friendships without any disagreements or any conflict. And to be passive. There's an old quote that says that the nail that sticks up gets hammered down. I think a lot of girls take that kind of uh, quote to heart. So girls, even today, are still expected to be good girls. and, And in a lot of ways, good girls give their power away. There are also some risks that girls take in this day and age even, that if they speak their mind, there's some risks of some negative consequences. They're so afraid that if I speak my mind, I will displease other people or disappoint other people, then they won't like me and they'll go away. Girls get worried that if, I, if I'm really out there, if I'm really myself, that I will risk being rejected or ostracized. I might uh, say something that's wrong. I might be unpopular. I might not fit in. And if all those things happen, then I'll be alone and lonely and isolated. And nobody wants to feel that. If I speak my mind, if I'm out there, if I'm really myself, no guy is going to be attracted to me. What if I'm wrong? What if I fail? What if I look stupid? What if I get persecuted and judged for being different? All that stuff goes rattling around in girls' brains when they're trying to decide, should I put it out there or not? Should I set a boundary or not? Should I speak my truth and advocate or not? I think it's also true that girls get a lot of mixed messages uh, in this day and age. Because they're supposed to be smart and they're supposed to be the best students in the class and get straight A's and go to top colleges, but, but not too smart and not too opinionated. Otherwise, they'll be judged. They're supposed to be confident, but not too confident. They're not supposed to speak too openly, not, not too assertively, because they might cause conflicts. They might cause other people, especially other girls, to be jealous if they're too confident. You used to describe that as being all that. They're supposed to be a leader, but mostly kind of quietly, kind of behind the scenes, not out front, not loud, not aggressive, not assertive, but just kind of in the background. They're supposed to be nice, but they're also supposed to be really competitive and assertive and aggressive and be willing to step on people to get to the top. Huge conflicting message. They're supposed to be something, but not too much. They're supposed to be powerful and out there, but if they're too out there and they're too powerful, they're going to be judged as being bossy or later on in life being a bitch. They're supposed to be liked and accepted and to to fit in and to be popular, but they're also supposed to be themselves and to be authentic. And sometimes those don't match up in girls' minds. They desperately want friends, they want to be included, but they're also supposed to stand up for themselves, which sometimes creates waves. They're supposed to take care of themselves and do self-care, but they're also supposed to put other people's needs before theirs, to put other people's needs first. They get a sense of, you know, and they've heard this, you can be whatever you want, but you can't really be yourself. You got to be a good girl before anything else. So I think those mixed messages are really confusing for girls. They also get confused about the difference between being assertive and aggressive. I'll do role plays sometimes in my retreats, my summer camps, my school program, where I have girls uh, play out a role play where where a girl just sets her boundary uh, with a friend who's uh, kind of stepping, overstepping their bounds or doing something that the girl doesn't like. And if they, if they just play it out like they normally do, the girls, if they, and the girl speaks up and says, Hey, I don't really like that. I wish I really feel uh, upset when you do that. And I wish she would stop. Most of the girls will label that as being aggressive. Just setting boundaries is is being aggressive in their minds because they haven't learned the difference. I think the other thing that happens 
is that they see a lot of female leaders out there, or, or actually any kind of leaders out there, and leaders tend to be judged and criticized a lot. Look what, look what happens at election time in this country when there's debates and things. that Everybody is so negative and so critical. So girls who might want to go out there are like, why would I want to put myself in that situation and get put down and criticized and judged all the time? And finally, one huge reason why I think that girls give their power away is their mom's role modeling. And like I said before, with, with women who have read my book, She Leads, the moms I mean, those moms say that they became aware of how many places they give their power away. And girls are watching all the time. So that's some of the reasons why I think girls get in the habit of giving their power away. Now let's talk about about a dozen ways that girls actually do give their power away. One of the most common ways I see girls doing that, giving their power away, is that they act like they don't care when they really do. And if, and if I ask girls, if someone asks you, where do you want to go to dinner tonight? Or what, what movie do you want to see? A lot of girls' automatic response is, oh, I don't care. Or whatever you want. And it's not just like they do it once or twice. It's like they're automatic. It's like it's their go-to. And I tell them that the, what they're teaching people, if they always do that, is that what they have to say and what their needs are, are not important. And therefore, they are not important. They're always teaching people how to treat them. It's a really bad habit to get into of not putting out there what you want. Because it oftentimes leads to feelings of resentment and unhappiness. And if I ask women, adult women in a crowd, how many of you do that? How many of you have an automatic response of saying, I don't care or whatever you want? I, almost everybody's hand goes up. Another way, similar but different, that girls give their power ways is that they don't ask for what they want. I saw a, a teenager one time who was not setting boundaries and not putting herself out there. And she remembered when she was seven years old, and by the way, this is a very sensitive little girl. When she was seven, she was being annoyed and pestered by a boy at school who kept, who kept bothering her. And she told him to stop on lots of occasions the best she could, and she finally went to her teacher because he just wouldn't stop. And her teacher's response was to tell this little girl to just mind her own business. And this little girl, this little Isa, felt dismissed and unimportant and that her needs weren't important. And from that day forward, she stopped raising her hand in class. She stopped asking people for what she needed because she did not want to feel that way again. And now she's a high school girl and she doesn't know what she wants. She spent so many years not asking for what she wants that she's kind of forgotten what's my truth and what do I want. A lot of girls also make decisions so that other people will like them or, or the reverse, they'll make decisions so other people won't be mad at them. The female brain is wired different than the male brain in a lot of ways. And one of the ways it's been wired is to avoid conflict. Way back in prehistoric uncivilized times, if women were part of a group, they were included in a group, then they and their offspring had a much better chance of survival because they took care of each other. If they did something and got kicked out of the group, kicked out of the tribe, they didn't survive. It was, they died. And so being outside of a group feels like death. It did back you know, thousands of years ago, and it does today. So their female brain has been wired to avoid conflict, to maintain social harmony, 
which makes it hard to set boundaries. They're so afraid of being kicked out, people being mad at them, people being disappointed, losing a group, losing friends. So they don't get their needs met. And once again, resentment can, um, can settle in. And also for a lot of girls, I see depression, unhappiness. Another way girls give their power away is that they are so invested in making everybody happy to their detriment often. I saw a girl, I'll call her Abby, who was about 14 years of age. I saw her at a retreat one time, and she had a younger brother with Down syndrome. And when this little boy, her young little brother with Down syndrome, was little, he almost died three or four times. He had heart problems, as a lot of Down syndrome kids do. And so the family needed to put a lot of focus and a lot of time on his needs. Abby was a sensitive girl. She noticed what was going on in her family. She didn't want to upset her parents because she was afraid that it would tip them over the edge. So she developed a belief that other people's needs were more important than hers, and even that she shouldn't even have needs. She became great at taking care of other taking care of other people, but not herself. And at 14, she was her friend's therapist. She was the friend's mom. She was the one they all went to, but most most of her friends didn't reciprocate. And she was spending so much time taking care of everybody else, she did not take care of herself. That's a really common way that girls and women give their power away. Another common behavior I see in girls I work with is they worry so much about other people's judgments. I saw a girl I'll call Lauren, who when she was in seventh grade, was in the, uh, in the orchestra and she loved it. But she had joined that year a new group. And they were kind of like popular girls. And she had lost her group at the end of sixth grade, so she was desperate for friends. And this new popular friend group told her that, that cheerleading was much cooler than orchestra, and so because of her worry about what, what those girls were going to think, and because of her worry that she might not be able to fit into the group, she gave up orchestra and started doing cheer. A lot of girls do that, and they become controlled by other people's judgments, real or imagined. Sometimes the judgments that their peer group or their peers put out there are actual judgments. Sometimes it's just what goes on in girls' heads. They worry about, are people judging me? And so oftentimes it can affect how they dress, how they talk, it can affect who they hang out with, it can affect, like that girl Lauren, what kind of activities they choose to do. Anytime they compare themselves to other people, girls are also giving away their power. I saw a girl one time in my counseling practice, I'll call her Sarah, and she was 13 years of age. I remember her telling me that one of the reasons why she was anxious and had some depressed feelings was because she hated the way she looked especially when she compared herself to her friends. She told me in my office that she, her nose was too big, her face was too wide, she hates, she hated and obsessed over her fingernails, she felt ugly and weird. And she told me, I, I, I'm telling you, this is her exact quote, she told me, I feel like a single Fruit Loop in a bowl of Cheerios. That's how she feels when she's around other people her age. And, and that's not uncommon that girls and women compare themselves a lot. Anytime I ask girls if they do that, I always get the affirmative. At camp sometimes, we'll make a list of errs, E-R apostrophe S's, like I feel like my friends are smarter. This is ways they compare themselves to their peers. And so things on their list of, of their errs are things like my friends are smarter, prettier, hotter, more athletic, more popular, 
Uh, they're taller, thinner, funnier, stronger, more outgoing, braver, more attracted, more talented. And I remind girls that when they are stuck on all those comparisons, it's a really bad trap because in their own minds, they'll always find someone who is something er than them, prettier, smarter, more outgoing, etc. I remember I saw a girl uh, a couple years ago, little seven-year-old. She was, I think, in second grade. And she came in because she um, was not wanting to go to school, refusing to go to school. And she wouldn't tell anybody why. So I sat, I was talking to her by herself. Uh, she told me that she lost her best friend. I'm sorry. She told me that um, she was at, at home one day and she was looking at a picture of her and her sister. And she told her mom that her sister was beautiful, but that she was ugly. When I asked her about that, she, re she remembered that when she was in kindergarten two years earlier, somebody in her group, another girl, told the whole group that this little girl was the ugliest person in their class. And this sensitive little girl took it to heart. She felt ugly. And she started comparing herself to her sister, and then that compounded it, and that's why she was refusing to go to school. It's so common for girls to do that. And because of it, they started changing themselves how they look, trying to fit in, trying to be as good as, which is a nightmare because they'll always find people again who are better in some way than them. It's an endless, endless struggle with no resolution. A lot of girls, especially the ones who have lost friends, been ditched by friends, lost their group, a lot of girls who will give up themselves in order to get another group to fit in. I saw a girl, Christina, who had lost her best friend group in both fifth grade and eighth grade. And so when she started high school, she started wearing a lot of makeup, acting cool, hanging out with the popular racy kids. And it kind of worked for a while because she kind of got into the group. But when I saw her, she told me that she was feeling depressed and out of integrity with herself because she knew it wasn't her and she was feeling she was feeling out of integrity. I can't say it any better than that. It's really hard for girls to resist the pressure of giving up parts of them in order to fit in as, and to be accepted during times when they feel the most insecure. So when they're starting middle school, when they're starting a new school, when they're starting high school, even when they leave high school and start college, when they go anywhere where, there, where there's a transition, starting a new team, and they feel a little insecure, they start to have some self-doubt, those are the hardest times it is for them to keep true to themselves. And it's more true if they're vulnerable because they've lost friends or they're lonely and don't have a friend or don't have a group. A huge way, a huge way that girls, and I think women, give their power away is that they avoid conflicts and don't handle their conflicts with people they, they feel upset with. They're so afraid of losing the friend. They're so afraid of ending up alone. They're afraid if I, if I speak up, if I handle the conflict, they're going to be mad at me and they're going to diss me. They're going to tell the whole group stuff about me. And then not only will I lose them as a friend, I'll lose the whole group and I will be alone. So a lot of times what happens is uh, somebody will say something to a girl and they're upset or they'll do something that, and they're upset, but instead of handling it, they just stuff it or they act like it was no big deal. They may just avoid the other person, but because they don't handle it, it doesn't go away. And those bad feelings, they, they hang around and they fester. 
And when you have a lot of those old feelings inside of you, it ends up causing drama. They avoid people. They will roll their eyes at people. They will spread a rumor about somebody, all because of unresolved stuff. And they're not standing up for themselves. A lot of times girls with those conflicts will apologize when they've done nothing wrong because they're trying to salvage the friendship. Because if you're in a group, you survive. If you get kicked out of the group, you die, which has been a thousands and thousands of years old issue for girls. So in order to salvage the friendships, they don't stand up for themselves. They don't, they don't solve the conflicts. They don't address the conflict. They don't set boundaries. They don't speak their truth. And I think a lot of girls tend to err on the side of being liked versus making waves or, or working through a conflict. And I don't think that stops when they become adults. I read a book a couple of years ago called The Likeability Factor, which goes into that about what happens in the workforce for, workforce for women. Another way girls give their power away, and I address this a lot, especially with younger girls, is they, they allow words to hurt them. If someone teases them, if someone spreads a rumor about them, or there's some gossip about them, or someone says something about them, they allow it to affect their feelings. They let words hurt. They may, it may cause them to feel frustrated or angry. It may cause them to react, to get angry. And at any time they do that, they're giving their power away. They are in essence telling other people that you're in charge of my feelings. I walked into school today. I was in a great mood. I was doing great. You said one thing. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm angry. I'm sad. That's all I can think about. So you are in charge of my mood. You're in charge of my day. I remind girls of a really famous quote by Eleanor Roosevelt, who said that nobody has the ability uh, to make you feel anything unless you give them permission. I tell girls a lot, and I may have said this story before in a podcast, so, but I think it's worth repeating. There's an old Aesop's fable about a fox who's walking down the road, and this fox is hungry. And he sees a bunch of birds up on a tree limb, and he gets an idea. And he says to these birds, Hey guys, look, I've got a deal for you. I'm willing to go and dig up a big old worm for you and give it to you. And all I want in return is just one of your feathers. Just one. So the birds huddled up and they were talking like, I don't trust him. He's always trying to trick us. But one little bird who we will call um, Emma. Emma said, I'll do it. You dig up a worm and bring it to me. I'll give you one of my feathers. So that's what the fox did. He went off. He dug up a big old fat nightcrawler worm. He put it in the ground. Little Emma flew down, plucked out one of her feathers, gave it to the fox, grabbed the worm and ate it and thought, that's not bad. Good deal. The next day, the fox brought another worm. Emma flew down, plucked out one of her feathers, gave it to the fox, grabbed the worm, flew off and said, this is great. It's like a free meal. And this went on every day for a couple months until one day Emma had plucked out so many of her feathers she could no longer fly. And the fox jumped on her and ate her up. The end. So I tell girls, don't give up your feathers. Every time you compare yourself, every time you give up you in order to fit in, every time you avoid a conflict, every time you apologize when you've done nothing wrong, every time you act like you don't care when you do, blah, 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 blah. Every time you do that, you're giving up a feather. And if you do it once, maybe not that big a deal, but if you do it regularly, you lose your ability to fly. 
You lose your self-confidence. You lose your ability to be true to yourself and to take care of yourself. So remind your girls, don't give up your feathers. That also includes not letting their buttons be pushed. There's an old quote that says, she pushes your buttons because you let her install them. So a lot of times girls will will allow themselves to get mad or react uh, to their parents, siblings, their friends, boys, teachers. And like Eleanor Roosevelt said, you're always responsible for your feelings and your reactions. No matter what they say or do, you're in charge of what happens. You're not in charge of what happens. You're in charge of what you do about it. You're in charge of your emotions and you're in charge of, of your reactions. I oftentimes see girls who are in power struggles with adults around them. Adults who they think are too controlling, too micromanaging, who aren't listening to them. For example, they may decide because their teacher's a jerk that they're not going to turn their work in. And the parents get upset and frustrated and they will threaten to take their phone away. They will get, they will micromanage. The teacher gets frustrated. Everybody's frustrated because they can't make her do her homework. And I tell them, you're, you're getting a little bit of power from that. You might feel like I'm in control. They can't make me. That's probably true. But the reality is, and this is really important. The reality is you're still giving them your power. Because you are doing or not doing your schoolwork in order to show them. So it's still about them. So anytime you do something to show people or to do a power struggle to try and get some power in that way, in essence, you're not doing your life for you. You're not doing what's right for you. You haven't stopped and said, is it in my best interest to turn this work in or to do well in school? Because if it is, then I'll do it. If it's not, then I won't. They're doing that or not doing it to show other people. So again, they're not living their life for them. And that is a sneaky way that they're giving their power away. Let me give you one final example. And there's many more, but these are the ones I thought I'd focus on today. One more example about how girls give their power away. And that's not trusting their intuition. They can be so focused on pleasing other people or not disappointing other people They may be so focused on fitting in or being liked. Their self-doubt can lead them to make decisions for reasons other than what's right for them. And they end up learning to ignore and to not trust and to not act on their own internal intuition, which can tell them their reasons for doing things or not doing things. So not trusting your gut, not listening to your heart, not taking that quiet time to kind of do that, That's the way they're giving their power away because they're not living their life for them. They're doing it for or against other people. I'm going to, in a subsequent podcast, give you a bunch of ideas about how girls can keep their power. I don't want these podcasts to be too long. But these these are some of the ways I think girls do this. And this would be a good podcast to listen to with your daughter. And then let it lead to some discussions about maybe some ways that they do give their power away and what they want to do about it. And for you, moms and dads, to also share ways that you think you give your power away and why you think you do. Let me, um, let me end with a story here. Uh, oh, by the way, before I give you this, this final story, let me remind you that book she leads, A Practical Guide for Raising Daughters Who Advocate, Influence, and Lead, that would be a good, bo- good book for you both to read together, I think. Because there's a chapter in there about giving away and keeping your power. So it'll be, give more, more examples and uh, more insight into 
this issue. Let me start, let me finish with this story about uh, Supreme Court uh, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, former she's passed away, former uh, Supreme Court Justice. She was in, unanimously voted in to become the first woman on the United States Supreme Court back in 1981. Her story is interesting. She grew up on a cattle ranch, and she learned to shoot guns and drive a, drive a truck before she reached 10 years of age. She became tough and self-reliant, uh, a good listener, and also a girl and then a woman who had a great understanding of people. Her dad was a rough-and-tough cowboy who was described as being tough, rough, harsh. Her mom was described as being elegant and tough in a different way. And Sandra's mom learned to deal with her, her husband by not taking the bait, and she didn't allow herself to be bullied by him. She learned how to, to not take it personal, and she learned how to set boundaries. And Sandra apparently learned a lot by watching her mom's modeling. She ascended in a career in law that at the time was definitely a man's world, but she had the ability to not take things personally and to not give her power away and to give out as much as she received. Like Justice O'Connor, uh, kids can learn more by what, they, what, by what we do than by what we say. Her mom's role modeling was really important for her, not just as a kid, but also as a Supreme Court justice when she was an adult. Be sure you're modeling that you're keeping your power. So if you, if you, through this podcast, have become more aware of places where you are giving your power away and modeling that, make sure you clean that up. Thank you so much for stopping by here each week to listen to these podcasts. I really do appreciate it. Uh, share these with your friends and uh, look at our website for information, www.drtimjordan.com. Thanks so much for listening in. and I will be back here with you in a week.